Player Profiler and our podcast network is super resource intensive, and we rely on premium subscriptions to the website playerprofiler.com to keep the engine running. Go there, sign up for our player rankings, Dynasty Deluxe, DFS package, or go all in. Those that subscribe are everything to us. Hi there. Welcome to the Deep End, December 12th, starting up week 15 in the NFL season 2023. Mike Shope, Adam Prattwurst, excited to be joined by Darren Armani, Fantasy Mojo tonight as FFPC leagues transition in the main event and the Fantasy Pros Championship to the so-called sprint. Lots of different strategy, lots of interesting information to know and process depending on where you stand in these things if you were lucky enough to make it. And Darren will help us figure all that out tonight. We'll talk about some uh, trends and what we see coming up here in week 15. Mike and Adam with Darren Armani. Thanks for watching and listening. This is The Deep End. Well done, Mike. Well done, Darren. Oh, look at that. No, we, we don't like that. We want that. See, we're cutting off Mike's head when we do this, right? No, 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 no. I can move. just the seat. Here we go. Center. Welcome to the show, Darren. Thanks for coming on. Always love having you on this this time of year. Uh, hopefully get you on before maybe the playoff challenge as well. That's that's like one of my favorite uh, competitions in all of fantasy sports. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm excited to hear all the, uh, all the sweet content you have for us. Yeah, we got, it's a bit of a lull. And then now it, it all kicks in again with the uh, championship round and then uh, the playoff challenge. And then, I mean, if you think about it, we'll be drafting in five weeks for 2024. Oh. Because the, the draft start before the Super Bowl finishes. Be still Who's my heart. We? Who's we? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, I know last year at this time I was very much, let's just wait. But I didn't wait. And it's been an interesting year. Also, by the way, Adam, Darren mentioned on Twitter he'd be we'd be talking about memories of Canton. Oh. Canton and Las Vegas. We were together in both cities. The only time I saw Darren either time was when he drove Nick Costantino and me back to the hotel so we could get a best ball draft in. We hardly had any time together. In Vegas, I didn't see you at all. Yeah, the problem with Vegas is I'm running all the people are sort of relying on me to provide ADP, which after that Thursday Thursday night game literally shifts like it turns on its head. And so being East Coast time, I usually have that stuff out like 7 a.m. East Coast time on that Friday morning. So I, I don't really have any time to sleep. So I was just like, I don't know. Like, it's got to be at like 4 a.m. Uh, Vegas time. <laughs> so I was just, I don't know what day it was. I so I, I, are you saying you're you're locked away in your hotel room working while you're in Vegas? Is that what you're saying? I, I If you if you walk down the, the ballroom hall and you like peek around the corner, you'll see me on my laptop like cr- – crawled in a corner like running stuff because the you know the drafts from the from the Saturday or the Friday morning draft they're like the first big set of uh that's the ADP right based upon the Thursday night games so then people want that for like for the afternoon and the evening so it's just there's no time to chill out like you guys are having a pizza party over there with the ship chasing guys and <laughs> I mean I don't I don't know what was going I saw John Daigle for like five minutes at the uh at the pool tiki bar and oh, then yeah. it was just, you know, they had to draft and it was, it was go, go, go the whole time. You've got all that to do. I go out there, I do my Buffalo show, you know, what is it? Noon to four, I guess, Pacific time. And then I'm in the bare knuckle on Thursday night. I got to figure out how we can go to Vegas like this for even for three or four days and have more fun. Cause it is fun. Drafting is great. Seeing everybody is great. You're in Vegas. It's, it's a cool 109 degrees outside at 10 o'clock at night. The restaurants are great. But I still, maybe this is just how I am. Like, I'm still feel every time I, I'm on my way home from Las Vegas, I feel like I've missed out uh, on something. So maybe, maybe next year it'll be different. Um, this year, I've got a lot to figure out, guys, about this year. Like, I, this is like sort of that tipping point, like Darren alluded to in, in terms of the schedule. And in, in FFPC, you go to the sprint if you made it, and FFC, FFWC, all of these. Underdog, of course, is also the same thing. Home leagues, you move into playoffs. I had a very interesting year where all year it's really felt like this. Fewer teams were good. 
in every format. Fewer of my teams were good. Too many of my teams were dead by Halloween, if not earlier. But my good teams were very good. A couple of those have tapered off, and I got to figure out why. Like sometimes, I don't know, Darren, do you have a philosophy on it? Do you feel like there's necessarily a process failure when you run bad? And I'm not saying I'm in really bad shape, but I'd like to be doing better. Or is it sometimes just what happens? No, I, I think just having done this a while, it, it seems every year things get more volatile. And like in years past, like you had a good team and like they were more likely to stay good teams. Now it's chaos and mayhem every week. Like they get blown up and you're just grinding to try and keep, you know, keep your head above water. And like, you know, you've got a solid core, but you can't let up. Right. So you, you're just it's 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 exhausting. So now we have like three days or at least we don't have to do waivers. Right. But now we have to, like, get the lineups right and get them set perfect for, you know, these championship rounds here. So but, yeah, I think it's just more volatile every year. You know, it's just, you, you know, drafting a team and then like riding it to, to glory is, is like a thing of the past. Well, listen, speak for yourself. I got some three K's and five K's, <laughs> three K's and five K's that require my uh, in here. But um, no, I completely agree. And Mike said it earlier in the season, like there's so like really early. There's so there's like feels like there's more you know balls to juggle now than there than there ever was but before and like you said Darren like the days of like drafting a team and nurturing it and like you know really watching it grow like whatever are, are gone because there's just the 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 amount of players that you're rolling through like you know you you fall in love with it with a player and then he's hurt and then another guy it's just it's just chaos you can't even really enjoy the the, the ride and then next thing you know it's over. And the is game's evolved too. You don't have bell cow backs as much. Mm-hmm. The rules have changed. Like some guy like looks weird. Like, oh, he's got to go into protocol. So that you just got additional volatility because of that stuff too. Like players disappear on a dime. There are really a lot of reasons, aren't there? Like teams know enough in terms of running backs, at least, not to wear their guys out. The season is literally longer than it used to be. Everybody's bigger and faster. So, um, I mean, there's lots of examples where teams are going to play it slow. Maybe injuries like we've seen, perhaps to Jonathan Taylor, just to think of one example, Devin Achan earlier in the year would have been played through in the past, but now we've got the depth. We're in a good position in the standings. More teams make the playoffs, which means less urgency in winning games. There's so many parts to it and a more sophisticated league where they have a better handle than ever on player health and just workload, all these things. Everything is conspiring to make our jobs harder. And there's more good players. Yeah. yeah. Fantasy players, you mean, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. No, I, compl- I completely agree. I mean, there's so much good, like, you know, there's paid paid content, obviously, which is, you know, some of the best of the best, but there's so much good free information out there. Twitter, I mean, there's so much good. Even Darren puts great stuff out on, 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 on Twitter that he doesn't have to. And so... Yeah, I mean, there's just so much you can learn and so much you can be guided by, by just by the free stuff out there that there's just, you know, and then with the leagues that we're in, guys, you know, it's it's hard to describe to guys at home, you know, guys at the Sizzler, the Darren, the Darren plays, but like you get the best, like you think of like the top player in your home league, who's usually pretty sharp, really good. Well, every player in these leagues that we play in is the top player from their home league, plus world champions and all that type of stuff. So only four teams make the playoffs in a lot of these leagues. So you really got to be at the top of your game and get a lot of luck. Yep. It's, 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 it's a grind. It's exhausting. You know, just like if the, some of the leagues that wrapped up this week, I, I kind of measure by my success, not by like maybe like where I placed, but like who did I beat in that league? And like there's this team, this frying pan ink is yeah. like alleged Larson and Petrie. They're good. Yeah, I mean, they were in a bunch of leagues, and and Bitcoin seems to be in every league I'm in. Like every time I turn around, I'm playing against Bitcoin. So it's it's like you know, like you can't let up. Yeah, it's funny how the years go by. You have your own rivals. The guy mm-hmm. for me, who I don't know very well, I've met him in the bare knuckle a couple times. Is Mongooses? I know you know who oh. he is, Darren. Yeah. How about how about this last night? We were pretty close to fifty fifty going in. I was a little bit of an underdog. So because of that, with Josh Allen, I sat Ayuk for Davis and thought that I was getting away with it last night when the Packers were driving at about three minutes left. And I had Dylan and Kraft up 10 with Jason Sanders in the other game against Mostert. 
with six minutes left in the Miami game, and Miami's punting after a sack, 13 all. I'm I'm almost home. Like just I've got Green Bay driving. I've got the Miami kicker for a backup, and Mostert's had a quiet night, and they're kicking the ball away late in a tie. What's the worst that could happen? Overtime is maybe the worst that could happen for me in Miami. Actually, what did happen was worse. <laughs> Still, I get a reprieve when Tennessee takes the lead and Miami gets the ball back, needing only to feel a field goal to win, and I have their kicker down two. You know what happened? I do. I didn't know what happened. So, whether it's bare knuckle or these things, I seem to always come up short against mongooses. He's my, he's my. There you go. Your arch, your arch. Brady. I don't know what it is. But I know, I know he's good, and I know Darren. You know he's good too. You see his name a lot. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's always winning cash. He's a quiet guy. Yeah, he's in the five Ks and ten Ks and stuff. He's uh, all over. He's good. Yep. Congrats to him. He won that game against me with Jefferson. I can't whine about. The Davis call was my bad call. He lost Jefferson in the middle of it. You know, one more point or example to this point about sharper players. Darren, would you agree with this? I'm looking through your data today, and that's like the main event versus the Players' Championship, which is what, about approximately five times more in entry fee. Notice, like, for one example, uh, Ty Chandler is almost double the ownership in the main event to Bijan. That's one thing I was thinking about. But also just, like, the variance. It's the wrong example that I wanted right now. But the variance in percentage ownership from the main event to the FPC, maybe you have more people who've given up in the FPC but have still made it. You see, like, whether it's Chandler or Kraft is another one. Maybe it's Jake Browning, quintessentially, where in the main event, more wheels are turning. They're getting to guys for depth purposes, like maybe a week earlier than in the fantasy pros. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I I think you've, you've got a higher percentage of seasoned players. And then the other thing is, um, those a lot of those seasoned players don't play in the FF, uh, the fantasy pros, or they've, you know, they've they've had to sort of fade it in in terms of higher stakes, just because you only have so much bandwidth, right? So you might have cocktails and dreams, or the or Hubbard, right? And and those guys will attack waivers very similarly across all their teams, so it can really skew. Like if they decide that they want to pick up Chandler, they're going to do that like on fifty teams, right? And so that's yeah. going to kind of skew the the, okay. the, the player pool because um, and it's already smaller, but they own such a higher percentage of teams in the overall, you know, tournament there compared to fantasy pros, which is gigantic, and no one player is like really skewing any data that way based upon what they decide to do. I get I it. So it's it's more like it's less the just general concept of there being sharper players than it is a, a small number of sharper players who are dominating the, basically skewing the data because there are yeah. so many leagues. Mm. Yeah. That's, that's my perception anyway. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree there. And it's a lot of it's what you're comfortable with, right? Like it's, are, are you comfortable going into these weeks with two quarterbacks? Are you comfortable going in with three? Like I'm looking, I'm, uh, I have a uh, fantasy pros team that made it through had had the buy made it through and all that and I opted to keep you know a bunch of running backs and here I am with with uh Jake Browning and Justin Herbert it's like okay well these mm. got Jake Browning don't die <laughs> and uh and feel free to have a couple good games down the stretch but it's like you just feel like you just look at this team and it's like oh man like what could have been really really good good team and now you know you cross your finger like normally I'm a three like and you look at some of the other rosters that I have uh, normally I'm a three quarterback guy going into these things not because no you never want to draft three even when you've got like a josh allen or a mahone like you don't want to draft three because that's you want to draft two or even two but once it gets to this time of year when there's no waivers and all the money's on the line last thing you want to do is fall fall asleep at night after a you know a big week and know that man i don't have a quarterback unless you're unless you're a beeb and you can get away with winning the whole thing without without a kicker like that's that's about as close as you're as you're gonna get you know you, you need you need you need a quarterback for sure and even with with two or three now like i just it's, it feels very unsafe. Like you could lose them. Like one week, yeah. one week comes in and they're gone. Um, wow. So it's, there's, you know, it's not luck, but it's, it's, I don't know. You you could say luck. It's fine. It, it, it's, it could it, be. There's an element of it. Is this year, it's an outlier for quarterback injuries, isn't it? I mean, so many guys have. Well, end up was, at... one, some, one of the Twitter doctors posted, it's just perception. Right. And then he listed hmm. like, these are the, the, eight guys who have missed three games. 
But then he left out Kyler Murray. He left out Tannehill. He left out um, a couple other guys who, like, they might not have been injured three games, but injuries sort of played into the, like, their their downfall. Like, they got Wally Pip. Like, they they were they got injured one game, and then, you know, uh, for, like, Levis, like, he came in and then just kept the job. So it's, it's, it's injuries playing into it beyond, like, the guy's out. Like, there's other right. factors. It's just volatility at the position, you know, uh, in New England. Like, who knows what they're doing every week? It's just it's an unstable situation. Uh, right. So. The Jets. Well, yeah. that was an injury, you know, four plays into the season. But, yeah, there's just been so much tumult at uh, the quarterback position. It continues. Was Browning, by the way, before we get too far away from this, was he somebody we were supposed to think was different than all these other backups floating around, bouncing back and forth? I mean, Tim Boyle even. Were we, did we miss it on on who Browning is if we didn't make that move, or is that just how it goes? Good supporting cast, you know, team still alive, good coaching. I don't know. It doesn't seem like anybody preemptively picked him up. It, it was just, you know, once he started playing, like they saw he's he's got the goods, or he, you know, he's better than your typical backup. Okay, that's why he's on all those teams because it was after the Jacksonville game. Yeah, so if you're looking at the ownership percentage in the in the in the tournaments, he's I think at the highest owned uh, quarterback because only the teams participating in in the the playoff uh, the league playoff were able to do waivers. Were able to they picked him yeah. up. Um, oh, that makes sense. I think the thing the thing with Browning too is like we've just seen even this year, um, you know, and even Anthony bring you know brings it up in 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 the chat. We've just seen even good quarterbacks play so poorly this year that we're like, yeah, okay. Jake Browning, like, am I going to waste my time with this guy who probably stinks? I mean, if Patrick Mahomes stinks this year, Jake Browning definitely stinks. So, like, how are we, how can we justify justify that? You've just seen so much poor quarterback play. And then and then Browning even comes out and says, listen, I haven't played a lot, but I've I've played in big games. Like, I've played pretty well in my college career. So, um, you know, it's, it's just, you just don't know. And, and it's, it's about the roster spots too, right there. And like, you don't want to, again, you don't want to go in with all the turnover at the running backs and receivers constantly. Like I, I need six running backs and seven receivers. Like I just can't trust matchups. You're playing matchups. You need two kickers, you know? Um, so it's like, you want, you want to play the right matchups. It's just sometimes at the end of the day, there's just not enough roster spots to really justify carrying, you know, three quarterbacks or picking up. Yeah, every team's different. Um, yeah. And I, I ran the numbers again before we, we got together to look at the, the roster compositions of the teams in the main event. 75% of the teams in in the, the, the championship round have two quarterbacks. Um, there are 18 teams that went with just one. And I think four of them are like Justin Herbert teams. So they're done. Um, there's... there's and and the bulk the bulk of teams at running back are going five or six, um, so that's seventy percent of them. So, you know, there's a sweet spot at each position, but um, it depends. You know, does that flex year to year, Darren? Like I was looking at last year's numbers as far as teams that got into the you know into the money rounds. I think it's like six quarter. I'm sorry, six running backs, seven receivers. Like, is it is it does that hold pretty steady year year in and year out? I think it shifts. A little bit, like it's definitely like the top number is definitely it definitely moves. Okay, um, f- within running back and and wide receiver, uh, for sure. But I, I'd have to go back and look. But yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah. But you mentioned quarterback this year. There's more. There, there's twice as many teams that went with three quarterbacks this year as did last. It's a smaller percentage. Twenty percent of teams have three quarterbacks, but last year only ten percent of them did. So that's kind of speaks to, you know fear or you know just you know the volatility of, of what's going on you might also have i'm not sure this adds up or holds up but a number of teams maybe like the dolphins or some others chicago where you have three or even maybe more running backs and you get to this point and you're like okay well there's mostert and there's hn but do i really what's the plus ev jeff wilson versus a third quarterback or like a Roshan Johnson, somebody like that, where even if you did get an injury, which the odds aren't necessarily for, then you still can't really, it could be just the team environment too, but can't really expect to win starting the guy. Yeah. Like what's, what's his, what's his upside? What's the, what's the scenario where Roshan Johnson is like 
a league winner, right? You know, which is probably slim versus like making sure you don't get completely eliminated by going too thin at like quarterback. Um, so again, it's a team to team thing. You know, what's, what's one thing I found interesting though on the quarterbacks, we were talking about Jake Browning was number one. So, and I did, I'm, I'll be on the goat district a little bit later and some of this stuff I dug up for them, but Patrick Mahomes is the 21st most owned quarterback. Like, I can't right. believe he's that low, like 20, 21st. Like if that guy like gets hot all of a sudden, he's right. going to be, um, I mean, that's, that's pretty decent, uh, you know, play to have on your team. 21st. That's crazy. I noticed that too. Is it 50 teams total in the main event? Does this hold up that he's not really tied to anybody who's been successful? Kelsey is the obvious name for Mahomes, and I think he might be on 69 teams, tight end 14, if I counted right earlier. So you have that pairing, but it has not been prolific, and there's no one else. Sometimes I think you'll have, is it, is it Tyreek Hill and Tua? where you have a receiver who's so dominant, he'll carry the quarterback through and you'll have those numbers. The Chiefs don't have anybody like that. So I did notice that too and thought that was interesting. Plus he's a third round pick, right? And so the 2v2 versus other guys versus even Tua or whoever you want from those middle rounds is not going to bode well for his advance rate. Yeah, it's harder just to get them in a combination, but people went so far out of their way to get Kelsey Mahomes stacks. Like they didn't even care like about the cost. Um. So it didn't it, pay it off. Very average advance rate. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. And I'm looking at the advance rates too. Like, you know, in a down year for quarterbacks, people are like, oh, you know, the quarterback, yes, some of the top ones are great, but they're not as great as they've been maybe last year or the year before. And there you, there you have, I mean, obviously take Jake Browning out of it because he, like you said, he's on the teams because you were only allowed to pick him up in the playoff rounds. But Josh Allen's number two. It's like, again, he was the QB one for, 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 for the most part. And, or Q- QB two, and here he is as the QB one, essentially um, ahead of Prescott and Hertz, and um, so you know he kind of did pay off here for for teams down the who who drafted him high. Yeah, he's got a very similar outcome as as last year. It's almost identical. Like he was the number two guy last year as well, um, but not, not well, like uh, the, the seventy five percent number last year of 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 uh, Kelsey. Um, Mahomes teams making the sprint was that was insane. That might have been like an all time high. I've never seen anything like that before. So, one one more point before we get to a break and then get into some different subjects. I heard you mentioned John Daigle earlier. And speaking of roster build for the sprint, I, I saw him make a point a few weeks back that this is you want to have a backup everything, but this is a year where he thinks it was, if I remember right, uh, reasonable to go in with one defense sort of as a corollary to how many teams are in really bad shape at quarterback, easy to play against. So even teams that were not in the top half of the league rankings in defense became, I think you could live with just going, I have Indianapolis on teams for one, just sort of riding with them and not not having a pivot, using that extra spot somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, that that makes sense in theory. I'd, I'd, I'd have to look. So 25% of teams went with one defense and 60% went with two. I did also go with one, but I have San Francisco. So I'm not like looking to, to, to play matchups. Um, but mm-hmm. yet that's a valuable roster spot to use somewhere else. If you can get away with uh, just one, because you know, they're not going to get hurt. Louis G and I are off to the, the sprint and we had a, a league winner in the final this week. We had the Miami defense and the Colts and cut Miami for CEH. Oh. Just to have, you know, one more running back option. Not that he's ever been good, except for that first game of his career. I mean, has he ever had a second good game in his career? The first game opening night, you're talking about Vegas, yeah. uh, Darren, against Houston, yeah. that first game, went to 101 the next morning. Yeah, and this game is 11 for 38. Just, it's <laughs> never happening, but we have to have him just in case every other running back on our team gets hurt. <laughs> All right. I, I don't think, uh, has he ever delivered for us, like, since then, I, he really hasn't. Like he, he was a hot pickup last week, but I was like, eh, you can't really see him like hitting it out of the park. But he was the best thing available, so everybody took him. Yeah. Another dilemma in this game. More with Darren Armani, Fantasy Mojo here on the deep end. Mike Chopin, Adam Crotworth. Thanks for watching and listening. Please like, subscribe, do all that at Deep End FF1. We'll have more after this timeout. 
Hey, we're all starting new fantasy leagues all the time. And more often than not, where do we start our fantasy leagues at Player Profiler? On Sleeper. Because it's the best. You can imagine my excitement when I saw Sleeper rolled out. Sleeper picks, baby. And game stacking is the path to positive returns with these pick'em games. Find that sneaky shootout and set most of the players to go over their projection for that week. Or you find a game going to get dragged into the mud and take every member of the passing game for less than their projections that week. And if you pick up to eight, that's how you 100x your payout on Sleeper. It's called the Hail Mary. So if you use promo code UNDERWORLD, you get a $100 instant deposit match. Check out Sleeper's terms and conditions for details. These Sleeper picks are live in over 25 states. Yeah, buddy. Welcome back. I want to mention, again, you know who Darren is, of course, if you play high stakes, Fantasy Mojo. So much good information there. For those of you that don't know, subscription site, the Stack Explorer, all kinds of different trends and analysis throughout the season. Highly recommend it. I want to make sure I say all this and ask, make sure with Darren that I, if I give other numbers on players here in the next 20 minutes or so, I'm not uh, giving away the store. <laughs> nah, I think this is the, the, a lot of this stuff is um, – I've put a lot of it out on Twitter already, so it's, this is just uh, good discussion stuff. But if, yeah, the, the the details are are you know at the site in this in the stack explorers and whatnot. And and I want to just say too, because I we probably obviously won't have you on maybe until then. But honestly, the most valuable part of your site, I really think, is the is the fantasy playoff, like the playoff challenge of FPC, like that information. I think because it's such a a unique contest, and we only do it like once a year for the playoffs. Maybe you're not used to it, or you're not comfortable with it, like the historical data of what wins is a super, like, I don't even want to tout it because I don't want anyone using it, but like, it's been super good for me. And I think people should definitely use it. Yeah. I, I actually, I got all that stuff done and, and, and sitting in the can ready to, uh, to unveil once we, uh, we get to the sprint. So um, I see them already. People are signing up for the playoff challenge. So uh, they didn't expand it at all this year. It's the same, it's exact same payouts, exact same size. Um, actually, they did make one slight change about the payouts, and there's no football guy subscriptions this year. I think there's um, it's wow. all cash. So, well, I that think was, I think that's the same thing. So I think Adam has numerous times won lifetime memberships, including <laughs> right. at the poker tournament in camp. Oh. He won a lifetime membership. That's Adam is just—he's going to need to be become a cat to to cash in on all his right. uh, football guys' lifetime memberships. I'd love—I'd love another one. I—I I, <laughs> I feel like you can't have—you can't have too many. Um, by the way, Underdog has had, of course, Underdog dominating so many things, you know, with best ball and just constant contests. And there's been playoff challenge tournaments. I know already over there. Um, so if you guys maybe because of that dabbled in it yet, like I don't—I think. Maybe one strategy this year, just to go off into the playoffs for a second, is the AFC, especially after Miami's loss to Tennessee, just doesn't look to have one team that people are going to lean into uh, necessarily. I think you can go a lot of different ways, and we'll see what, if Buffalo is really an X factor in that. Yeah, I haven't jumped into any of those teams that I'm still focused on <laughs> regular season. As I get older, I, I, I'm, I'm less able to, like, shift paradigms like and, and cross them mm. over like that it's like i gotta get through one thing and then move on to the next so um th there'll be plenty of that when we get there so no <laughs> jump the gun yeah there'll be sure. there'll, there'll be plenty but the interesting thing about the underdog is it, it, you know you can draft them you can draft them now and you can draft them later it'll always be there but you can't build the same like you can you know build different rosters now because you don't know who's going to be in the playoffs so you can technically build a super team so to so, so to speak so um, but that'll obviously change once we know who's kind of locked in. I think the biggest reason why I want to win one of these fairly big tournaments is that I can play more of this different stuff. I just, I wish I could play in more of it and, and have all the, you know, different one day to build all those teams over there. And then the different formats and so many, you know, price points and everything like that, single entry and not DFS, it's just overwhelming and hardly any of us can afford to do, uh, even more than half of it maybe, but it's so much fun to think about. Uh, let's let's move to running back, Darren, with uh, main event advance rates and percentage of teams that each player is on. Raheem Mostert and Alvin Kamara are the top two names there. Both make, I think, easy sense. Um, I like I look down. I have a Bijan team 
and what a cluster of players there are in that four to five percent range in Bijan Robinson, who I think is pretty well situated here. Good schedule, you know, escalating workload. Saquon Barkley, where maybe the Giants are actually live, and he had a good Monday night game. Austin Eckler, I don't know. The Herbert injury doesn't help, but he was not having a prolific year. Still some value in Eckler. Najee Harris even is in there. Some interesting players that I think if you made a main event sprint, um, you're looking to see if you have somebody in that kind of range or, of course, lower that you could actually justify starting here. And these are guys, especially starting with Robinson, who you definitely want to start. Yeah, also um, James Conner and Aaron Jones are really low-owned. But uh, so it's either going to be one of those guys, Jack McKinnon, who did it last year. Maybe he does it again. You like, you don't know. And then there's always the wild part of if, if an injury happens and you happen to have, you know, because we're going to stockpile running backs regardless. Um, so there's a whole slew of, you know, those those backups that are sitting out there. Is uh, Brian like Chris Rodriguez? Like he's he's sort of low owned. Like we'll, I, I I assume Brian Robinson's coming back this week. I'm not totally sure. Um, but there's plenty of guys like that. But uh, yeah, so anybody five percent or lower is really um, going to be like that that magic dart that that could thrust you because you need if if you're if you're we didn't talk about this yet. So when the sprint starts, everybody's seated from like you know one to eight hundred and thirty in the main event. So the question becomes, how do I ascend up to the top, right? And I think last year, Go Bills guys, they they kind of walked th- walked me through like how they pulled it off. They started, I think, at one forty eight out of eight hundred or whatever, and and they admittedly used tools on my site to to identify that to get leverage over the field. Who who's the Jets running back that, that the they, they used McKinnon and Zay Jones in Week fifteen. Right. as sort of contrarian plays, and each scored three touchdowns that week. Yeah, and so they just leapt over the field because they knew everybody was going to start uh, that Jets running back. Uh, somebody the Z. Oh, yeah. Um, Zonovan Knight. Zonovan Knight. Zonovan Knight, yeah. And they saw that, and they're like, well, we got to take it. Now, that could blow up in your face, but for them, it, it like worked immensely, and then they just rode into the sunset from there, essentially. But that's what you have to do. And I got I was I was a little excited today because it's like oh wow I got I got the Kelsey Mahomes stack, and it's there's only like twenty of them that's great. And then I went to my stack explorer and I saw Kelsey Mahomes, but I'm like the 18th guy, you know, <laughs> overall on the leaderboard that has Kelsey Mahomes. Like I'm gonna get ahead of all these other guys who have Kelsey Mahomes. Like I'm gonna have to pull some really risky moves to try and you know get above them. But it's it's having that awareness of what you're dealing with against the rest of the field to ascend. It's it's the it's the next layer of strategy, you know, of of doing this. It's not just okay, what guys do I start? It's like, well, what guys do you need to start based upon the the whole macro, uh, you know, thing that's going on in, in the leaderboard. And every week it's going to change. So what we'll do with that explore is the players will stay the same, like the ownerships and the combinations will stay the same. But then we go in and then we update the ranks. So now you see. You could see yourself kind of going up the board, uh, you know, amongst the other teams that have similar players or not. So it's really, um, it's something that's it, it's it's pretty, and, and they laid it out. You know, it's it's very useful in that way. Yeah, no, it's the game within the game, and that's it's it's almost like a DFS kind of thing moving forward here. It's almost you know like a like a playoff challenge type of thing, which is really fun and really cool. It's it's nice if you can get multiple teams to this point. So you can kind of maybe play them off of each other. Um, and yeah, and that, and that worked really well for them. And, and, and like, like you said, looking ahead to see the teams ahead of you, like I came in, um, again, thanks to your tools, I came in 10th place in the playoff challenge last year overall. And I, and, and at one point I'm like, when I was in 10th, I'm like, it's on Super Bowl. I'm like, do I go look ahead and see how many of these teams have, have, I think it was Hertz and, uh, Kelsey. And I'm like, I don't even want to look to find. And of course, all nine teams ahead of me had Hertz and Kelsey. So it's like, all right, well, I can't fish any higher than 10th. Fine. Great. But like that matters, right? Like those teams in front of you and, and, and all that type of stuff. So yeah, using the tools, the stack explorers is going to be interesting. And, and like finding the player this, you know, this season, you know, that's, that's going to be, you, you talk about in injuries, maybe you can get some leverage there. I'm looking at like Rashad Penny here at, at like 1.5%. Like that's, that's gotta be all Mike's teams, right? Oh, all, I think all 13 <laughs> of these teams are Mike's, 
our wow. Mike's teams here, but yeah, you got the you got the Rashad Pennies, Eckler for like like you said, Mike, the four to five percent range. Like, what if Eckler gets 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 hot or something like that? So, and I will say, I'm a little surprised that um, that Raheem Mostert, although he's like the, maybe the second uh, most owned player in the whole tournament, second or third. I'm surprised he's not higher than 16%. I mean, we're talking about like an 11th round pick who has like 20 touchdowns <laughs> like, and, and he plays every week. It's not like it's four touchdowns one week. And like he limped through last night's game. First play gets hurt. I'm like, Oh, here we go. Like he's going to see they're helping him up after every play. Like he powers through it, gets two more touchdowns. I'm shocked that he's not, that he's not more owned to, to, to be honest with you. Well, and it started, it started week one too. Week did one, not, immediately. There yeah. were not early cuts. Yeah. Yeah, well, the, the maximum number you could have in terms of ownership is is forty percent. Um, oh, okay. That two teams sense. from every league, yeah, will get in there, and then occasionally you get the third team if if you were you know you didn't get it automatically, but you you know you got it through. through. Yeah, so forty is like the high water mark. Okay, um, that, that 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 makes more sense. So and Keenan, it's funny. Keenan Allen is actually like the the top yeah, guy overall, that. and that might just blow up in in their face. It's sad <laughs> that yeah. Chargers. Yeah. Um, by the way, earlier in the show, I'm like, wonder how I didn't do better this year. And then Adam reminds me, I've got seven trillion <laughs> Rashad Penny teams, and we're still we're still holding on hope to that. We're just holding on to the the the, the tow rope, just barely. One hand is off. I'm kicking the water off, and it's um, my head is completely underwater. But we're still alive. You know, they signed him. It's like, this is the guy. And then they kept signing other people. And then, like, and then Penny just became, like, you know, an after. I have a, kind of I have a friend who reports in the Eagles. And he, I asked about this maybe by, like, week three. Like, what? remember it was, like, the Thursday night game after it was a Swift didn't play. Gainwell got the lion's share. Yeah. You know, your, yeah. your Eagles, Darren. And, okay, well, here we go. This is the night against Minnesota, maybe. This is the night where it's Penny and he did not even play at all. And my, the guy I know is like, well, they're just going to save him. And so uh, that's what I would say too. If I worked for the Eagles and I had him on anybody on the team, I'm just saving him for later. Swift is not doing much no, either, though. Like if they really ever wanted, if they ever wanted to change, they could. They need a jolt. Yeah, the offense um, is sputtering over there. So um. I feel like again, Bijan Robinson is super exciting at five percent. Just, I mean, not yeah, because much so different. many teams like just he sank a lot of teams because it, you know he's just recently sort of started to produce so that's why he's so so lowly represented in the overall pool so that that could be the thing if he snuck through there with same thing with jefferson um mm-hmm. justin jefferson is 3.97 percent owned yeah if you're assuming he plays i feel bad he got uh he took that shot again but i mean well, he could certainly explode yeah it's, if, if you got through with jefferson it's even better now because how many teams didn't get through because they started him and he, you know, barely played and didn't score any points. It was almost even better for the teams that got through with him. I have a, a, a fancy mongoose player. got through. through mongoose guy oh. got through and he started him. But speaking of Bijan, uh, third best, I'm sorry, second best strength to schedule here. Rest away, Carolina, Indy, Chicago, uh, with that 4% Mike, that's, um, it's exciting. Eckler number one, by the way. So it's going to be, yeah, yeah. Interesting down the, interesting down the stretch. And the knee-jerk reaction is the Herbert goes away, that that's bad, but it wasn't really happening for Eckler either. And now you might want to lean on him a little bit, or that could mean Joshua Kelly. I don't know. So you got to take your chances there. At wide receiver, similarly, you mentioned Jefferson, just under 4%, another injury concern there. But look at some of the names between 45 and 5% ownership in the main event. Drake London, Cooper Cup, that's a one That's one for, for Louie and me. Whether to, you know, maybe we can get a couple more games like last week out of Cup. Uh, Christian Watson, if he comes back, Jamar Chase, Garrett Wilson, all in this range where, you know, these are guys you're going to want to start and it's 100% you do it because you have a little bit of this contrarian advantage in your favor as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, those guys are all owned. Puka Nakua is up there. That's weird that Nakua is 13%, but then Cup is 5%. Um, but I guess Nakua, he exploded at the beginning of the year, so he carried all his teams. But Keenan Allen is the, is the number one receiver. Um, so that's unfortunate for uh, the unless Easton Stick turns in it. But nobody, nobody has – it was weird. 
I saw a lot of backup quarterbacks rostered because I guess for a lack of a quality alternative for a lot of the, a lot of the teams that wanted a second quarterback, what they ended up doing was like there's some Marcus Mariota team. So if you're a Hertz owner and you're like, okay, well, there's nothing really viable out there um, as a starter. I'm just going to grab Marcus Mariota and protect myself that way. Nobody protected themselves with Easton Stick. Uh, you know, none of the Herbert owners said so that was really weird. So, but now um, they're just SOL for the most part. That's unfortunate for them. Uh, both got some memorabilia rocking. I've got an Easton Stick down here somewhere. Yeah, uh, from growing up from my hockey. That's right. Hockey okay. Is that an Easton stick behind you there? By the way, I got Darren? a power and a CCM. That's not an Easton. Oh. Okay, so close, so close, so close. Um, yeah, and that five percent range of receivers is listen. Is this A Jones? League oh. winners A Jones made it in at five five percent again. Yeah, it's super interesting to try to figure out. Like, I think Cooper Cup too might be maybe those teams that got through are the teams that got him in that little. Not that I would, sweet spot's probably the wrong term, but where they were able to get him in the fifth, sixth, seventh round, kind of at the end of August, and maybe he didn't. I, you know, I was kind of comparing him to Jonathan Taylor. JT's kind of the same thing. He gets through at six percent. Those are probably teams that got him later on. Although the main event team I got through was a JT in the second round, back in like uh, it was a J- July fourth slow draft, like opening weekend of the, of the drafts, and uh, we snuck we snuck a team through with JT in the second round. So. Um, yeah, there's different ways to get these guys through, but like you said, it's, it's hitting the right, you know, even a guy like Debo Samuel at 8%, he's like wide receiver 20. Like you think he would be much higher. The guy's been smashing the last pretty much all season when he's, when he's been healthy. And even, especially the last month, he's just been, he's been unbelievable. I'm sorry. Did you happen to mention a, a scenario at a draft in the sweet spot where Debo Samuel might've been good value and Jonathan Taylor? What's my producer is telling? <laughs> are you getting this? There, I believe there's a screen share available to you if you want. Oh, is you it? Oh, that's, that's right. Oh, I see. Uh, I, I, there might is. be an example. Oh, there it is. Oh, there there it, is. it is. Team 11. Team 11 is in the sprint and was a league winner, first seed, and then won our playoff games. Really fun year for Louis G and me. There you I go. I mean, look at it. Debo, Cup, there they are. All of JT. Oh, my God. It's a, it's a poster child here. Mostert, Mostert and HN. HN. Oh boy. Ferguson all year. Ferguson. I mean, it, it, feel free to shriek and, and holler. That's a team. There's That's Prescott. Team. And there at the end, Louis asked me Atwell or Puka. And I said Atwell. Second oh. round pick. Second year player. Oh, listen to the groans. Can you Ooh. come on in the chat? They're booing the Poppy Grande. He had a couple Ooh. usable weeks at well, and then that, that not that he would start. You know who was killing us? Gabe Davis is oh, poison. I I've <laughs> one league I every I started him all three weeks that he got to zero. And oh. then I sat him, I think, two of the three weeks where he went off. Um, so he's a guy like uh, you know, he's just it's like impossible to start him with any sort of with confidence, but I don't know what's it's, going on with. We can't figure it out. I can't figure it out. And Diggs is, has quieted. Kansas City was the perfect matchup for Davis, not yeah. just because he had that huge game there, but because Sneed takes away the number one guy. A lot of number two receivers have done really well against the Chiefs. That's part of the reason I started Davis over Brandon Ayuk in that that, that ill-fated FPC game. They're shaking their head. They're not groaning this time, but they should be. This time it's deserved. Uh, well, zero, I'm, I'm zero, shaking, zero. I'm shaking my head because I thought I was so cool starting Gabe Davis over uh, Garrett Wilson in a 3K, and I got, I, got, I got away with it. I got away with it, but, man, it was – I even consulted the best fantasy minds in the business about this, Us. and it was yeah. it was everyone – and I agree. Like, it doesn't make any sense. The Garrett Wilson <laughs> thing – listen, we're – the Garrett Wilson thing, pouring rain, one of the worst quarterbacks you've ever seen in your, in your, in your life. Good defense, and the guy goes for, you know, 19 points. But, uh, hey, it's good news, good news going forward here. Darren, anybody else on your mind that you're excited to have or curious about, whether that's because of the data or just your own teams? Um, it, it, the, the whole – I'm still, like, enamored with, with the whole Kelsey Mahomes thing, that he's so low of. And, and, Partially because, obviously, you got an interest in that. <laughs> um, but uh, there, if there's other long shots out there, 
Um, Kyler Murray, I'm, I'm interested to see what they will do. Uh, although they've got a tough run with San Francisco at Chicago and at Philly. Jared Goff seems to have a nice schedule with uh, Denver, Minnesota, and Dallas. Um, Purdy, Lawrence. Like, there's a lot of stacks out there that, you know, that aren't coming to our top of mind, but I think are going to be the ones that really sort of, at the end of the day, explode. Now, talk of, going back to Jake Browning, there's only nine Jake Browning, Jamar Chase teams. So that's super low. Um, and then T. Higgins, I mean, he's been relatively disappointing. Um, but there's only five of those. Right. And two and two Lamar stacks are or I'm sorry, Tua and um Tyreek Ty and Waddle stacks are pretty low too, considering like the perception of, of what they should be doing. Um, what about what about Jackson? Lamar Jackson is the fourteenth most owned quarterback, and at, at the highest uh, stack with him is Zay Flowers. But then after that, it's they're very low owned guys. Um, so how, if one of those. How how what I want to know is how the hell is Mark Andrews at nine teams here in this thing? Like no one. No one found anyone good to pick up and drop Mark I Andrews. I saw that too. Like, what somebody said, somebody said a thing about how maybe he'll come back. No, before it's over, but I mean, probably not before the uh, playoffs. Not yeah, not in the next three weeks. There's a Joe Burrow team out there. I mean, I don't know what. Sometimes maybe, sometimes people get left on your roster because you fail at the waivers. Like you get outbid, and then. Yeah, that is the true. Guy's still on your roster, and maybe something happened like that, and they ran out of fab. I don't know. Like, yeah, they ran out of fab. Yeah, that is. It's true. thousands of teams. Maybe somebody was convicted of murder and ended up having no Wi-Fi access <laughs> and had to leave their teams alone. I mean, or or worse, or worse. That is true. Uh, so there's going to be some of that. Sad to say. I would I would rather hear that that someone that that happened than someone purposely left them on on their team. Okay, like that's disgusting. In the fantasy pros, you do see examples of teams that you're losing to that have just have dead weight. Even in the main, one of the teams on that board I showed you, uh, we played them in the playoffs, and he had $985 of fab left. I mean, $2,000 isn't what it used to be. I'm sorry, twenty one twenty five. that was a live draft, isn't what it used to be. Yeah, there's really not a lot of correlation between money spent and uh... – savvy of, of owners anymore like some guys will just throw cash out there and i mean you see it a lot in the fantasy pros like there's so many abandoned teams and mm. people just give up um but that'll happen as you expand the field that just attracts more newbies like if if you want to have a good laugh like just you go to the ffpc lobby chat i, I usually hop in there once a day mm. and the questions that you get in there are are you know why can't i pick up another quarterback or why can't I make any more waivers? I don't have any fab left. Like they don't even understand that once you get zero fab, like you can't make you right. know, <laughs> moves anymore. It's just like there's really basic knowledge that is 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 lacking um, for a lot of people. But they you learn the hard way, right? I mean, we take it for granted, but uh, you know, <laughs> sometimes what, you got to live it. That's what pisses me off about not doing better. Is that yeah. particular tournament is there was overlay? Adam and I talked all summer, like. This tournament is not going to fill. They raised the prize pool, right? Like I thought, three fifty with underdog and everything. That fantasy pros is the soft spot, and I'm not sure. I can't prove that it wasn't. What you're saying <laughs> says, you know, that there's some merit to that, but I didn't have enough success in there. It just uh, it was frustrating. From what I can tell, they're going to start those drafts in February next year. Like if you really, the, if you go to the lobby, like and you hit the the fantasy pros tournament. They've got you can sign up for drafts in February at the end of February. Oh, oh I'm free. It's terrible news. I'm free. <laughs> heard all day. Oh no, <laughs> it's gonna. Well, start maybe that's that, that's the adjustment. Perhaps they're gonna make yes. to that tournament, which didn't fill. It's just started it's earlier and give themselves better odds. Maybe, on. maybe spread yeah. it out more. But it's it's you know how it is. It's the first the first months of the draft. It's the same guys beating each other over the head in in those those draft rooms. Yeah. Um. But maybe they get they they have a plan. They're well thought out, and you know maybe they do the old, 
marketing blitz and you get just degenerates because the whole the whole uh you know all the whole industry is now drafting earlier you know yeah, right it used right. to be Keep we up. waited till july but now the whole everybody goes all year round reason to think that they might want to get in the in the space a little earlier than they had it was a memorial day uh or right after the nfl draft actually i mean one of the teams i had through we, we drafted on april 30th so i know it starts at least that early but apparently maybe next year earlier still darren such a treat to have you on so much good information best of luck to you in these playoff weeks and um hopefully next year if we end up in the same city randomly we spend more than five minutes together <laughs> sounds good hey guys good luck in the uh in the sprint anybody watching if, if you don't if you if you already spent two thousand dollars on a team mm-hmm. and you're in the sprint I recommend you invest in sort of the advanced metrics that we have at the site. Like I only, I, we don't really solicit people to describe, but there's two times you want to be knowledgeable. It's during draft season. And now like this is, you're going to want to see the whole tournament pool of players and where they're ranked, like being able to go in there. And if, if you, if you're that savvy of a, of a player, um, take advantage of it because the date, the, the date is out there. So. Agreed. hundred percent. All right. Thank well, you, Darren. Playoff challenge time then. Yeah, playoff challenge. So. Right, for sure. For Darren Armani, Mike Shope, Adam Krautwurst at DeepEndFF1, Twitter or Spotify or iTunes or Apple Music or E or <laughs> anything. We're out. We're got, these days, you got to be everywhere. So we're trying for that. Thanks for being with us tonight. Good luck in week 15. See you next week. See you guys. See you guys. Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business. So please subscribe to the All In Package to continue to make all this possible to ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content is available to you, especially you, the people that get the site and get the show.